My radio internship lasted for a grand total of two days. Here's how it happened. First day, they bring me in, show me around, show me where all the rooms are. Second day, they sit me down and tell me that I've got to write my very own radio ad. They slap me a little newspaper advertisement of Elk City's Christmas in the Park. It was early November when I started at this radio station. They hand this to me. It's got a picture of Santa on it. It's got a green background, just a really basic ad. And I've got to sit there, write out a radio ad, record it, and then send it up for approval. So I record it in a crazy elf voice. I, it was, it was a long shot. I'm going to be real with you. The voice was annoying. It was an obnoxious little ad. But that evening, they put it on the air. And the manager turned to me and said, when are we going to start paying you? I was hired. That was my very first job. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what it's like to work inside of a radio station. I'm going to talk to you about the different types of jobs there are, how radio stations make money, and what some of the skills are that you might be able to acquire by working at a radio station. Here at Langston University, we are huge on internships. An internship at a radio station is one of the best ones that you can get, at least in my opinion. This is Intro to Mass Media. Today, we're talking about radio. If you want to learn more about the history of radio, go to your textbook. This is going to be a zoomed-in look, hands-on, about what it's like to actually work in one. And if you want to know how radio actually works, like from a scientific point of view, the answer is magic, and I don't know. The station I worked at had three radio stations inside of it. It was a big boy, kind of a conglomerate. So what the first station was, was a country station. It was kind of the flagship station. It's the one we promoted the most, it had the most listeners, and made the most money. The second was an AM station, which means the signal wasn't as good. It was called the Sports Animal, and we got it from another broadcast from somewhere else. We didn't do much of our own content on it. We just sold ads on it and got the live stream from another place. The third one was The Rock, which was Christian music for a while. Eventually, they turned it into a classic rock station right as I was leaving there, and now it's called Cool 94. These three stations made up the broadcast capacity of what we were doing. It was what we put out on the air. So. Radio stations are kind of important for their communities, especially out in small places like Western Oklahoma, where you don't really have your own TV stations, where news comes from just a collection of local papers. Radio stations become more of a lifeblood. It's, it's an important part of the community. A lot of local businesses advertise on them. A lot of local politicians go on them to talk about issues. In a world where the internet is still trying to do its thing, but internet is mostly a national thing and not really a super local endeavor, the radio station really played a key part in keeping people informed, entertained, and on top of what was happening in their town. That was some of the benefit of what KECO, this country station out in Western Oklahoma, meant to the surrounding community. And we were the big one out there. I know it's not anything to say that this is the biggest radio station in western Oklahoma, but it was. It made good money for the people who worked there, and they had good livings. So let me break down to you the different types of jobs you have at the radio station. So at the very top, we had the owner. His name was Blake. 
he didn't do much. He kind of just owned the thing and sometimes checked in, but he was barely there. He was the guy who had put up the money and bought the place in the first place. I assume that once upon a time he had worked a lot more there, but at the moment he didn't. He just kind of managed some of the finances. Below him was the general manager, the guy who actually ran the show. His name was Gabe. Gabe was a good guy. He helped me out a lot. He was the person who makes sure that everyone in the station had the tools that they need, knew what they were supposed to be doing. He kind of ran the show, kept everyone in track, showed everyone what they needed to be doing. His was a very important job. He was the boss of the radio station, more or less. Then you have the on-air talent. Let me tell you a little bit about the guy who did most of the on-air talent for this country station. He had a voice like a gunslinger. He sounded like he had just jumped off his horse, dusted off his boots, and walked into a saloon. In reality, he was a skinny chain smoker who wore a beanie and a scarf all the time and graphic t-shirts of Bill Murray. We would sit in this basement room and talk about Doctor Who for hours on end while he was putting together his country music for the day. He wasn't a country guy, but he had the voice for it. Golly, did that guy have a voice. On-air talent was kind of, there weren't a lot of people who did just on-air stuff. Most people were on-air and something else. By and large, most of the people that work at the radio station were salespeople. They were people who went out and sold advertisements. These people made good money. Uh, they had a salary and commission. So the better a salesperson they were, the more ads that they sold, the better they were paid. Of course, in Western Oklahoma, where things run off the oil field, that's a really up and down business. Oklahoma, for those of you who aren't from around here, really needs to diversify its economy because basically everyone works in the oil field, especially out in Western Oklahoma. And when oil prices go down, people lose their jobs. And that hits salespeople pretty hard too. But the sales job, by and large, is a pretty good job. I remember one guy, his name was Sean. He only had two fingers on his right hand. He had blown the other three off in a fireworks accident. He apparently lit a firework, was holding it in his hand, like the type that you're supposed to stick down the tube. Yeah, he was holding one in his hand, he was reaching his arm back to throw it, and it blew up in his hand. So he only had two fingers. And you would not want to be in the radio room after Sean had been in the radio room. And the reason you didn't want to be in the radio room after Sean was in the radio room was because he smoked cigars and farted. It was a bad deal. The radio room that I worked in, it was called the production studio, right? This thing had carpet on the walls, and even though it was down in the basement, it got hot. There was no air conditioning, because air conditioners make that buzzing noise that you sometimes hear in my broadcasts on this podcast. We don't like that fuzzy sound. So none of the rooms where audio is recorded or where audio is broadcasted have air conditioning. In Western Oklahoma in 100 degree heat, that's a real problem, but it's part of the job. So besides the salespeople, you also had a news guy. Our news guy's name was Paul, and every day he would put together some new type of program for the evening. He would do all the news for Western Oklahoma on a whole. He'd get press releases sent to him, he'd write news stories, and he'd often come to other people in the station to read them. He liked reading them, but he wanted a diversity of voices. So he would get other people, sometimes me, to read vocal ads for him. 
And I always felt like he kept the good stories for himself because anytime he brought me a story, it was about someone being caught with methamphetamines. And we couldn't say methamphetamines. It was weird. Something about the way radio works, well, the way news reporting works, we were not allowed to say methamphetamines. We had to say a white powdery substance. I always thought that that was weird. That we, we couldn't come out. Or a green leafy substance before marijuana was legal. We couldn't come out and say marijuana. That was just part of the thing. So we had the general manager. We had the on-air staff. We have the salespeople, we have the news person, and then there was me. I was the production assistant. What that means was anytime they had odd jobs they needed for things to go up on the radio, they called me. I would record advertisements. I would edit advertisements that other people had recorded. I would help pastors put their sermons up on the air, which golly, pastors are funky people to work with, let me tell you what. But that was kind of my job. I did the in and out sort of advertising work that had to be done to make the people who were paying for the advertisements happy. It was a good job. I really enjoyed it. Radio stations, golly, they're so interesting and they're so fast paced. Everything at a radio station is run by the clock. There are clocks everywhere at a radio station. In this next section, I'm going to talk to you about what it's like to sit down at a radio console and put together on-air content, because golly, that's where the pressure really gets going. We had this show called Tradio. Tradio was a show where people would call in and talk about things they were selling and would leave their phone number for you if you wanted to buy the things they were selling. It was kind of like a Craigslist or an eBay, but it was local and it was on the air. It'd run for an hour and I got to do it a couple times. I loved doing Tradio. They would often give me the Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. Tradio shift, which was a great shift because you never knew what people were going to bring on the air. I had one guy bring in a whole load of chickens one time. He's like, I've got chickens, they're a buck 25 and you can have them if you want them. That's just the type of things that they would say. It was always a trip. I got some weird stuff on Tradio one time. So I want you to imagine sitting in an old chewed up chair in front of a glowing soundboard. Soundboards look complicated, and they are. There's lots of knobs, lots of dials, lots of buttons. For us, we had all those knobs and dials set up ahead of time. You really didn't mess with much of them. What you had was the primary button, the on and off button for each microphone, and the little knob that you push up or pull down depending on whether you want the audio to increase or decrease. Radio stations don't produce all of their content originally. A lot of stuff comes in from a satellite feed. So most of the music that you hear on the radio station has not been picked out by people at that radio station. It's coming from somewhere else. But most radio stations also have original programming, things like Tradio. So you have a feed for that satellite that's coming in, and that's going all the time. The satellite is going all the time. So you have to remember, when it's time for you to go on, you've got to turn that satellite off and then turn on your own microphone. I remember Brandon was a genius at this. You know, the guy with the scarf. He would sit down, and he would watch the clock, and the clock would tick down to the very minute mark. 
he would smack the other thing off, he'd throw his mic on, he'd turn on a little bit of background music, and he would run throughout exactly a minute and 30 seconds, or two minutes, or three minutes, just whatever it was, he would pre-program the time that he was supposed to speak, and he'd speak for exactly that period of time, without rehearsal. It was incredible what that guy could do. The radio is run by time. If you're not ready when you're supposed to go on, you still have to go on. You don't have another chance. There is no sit back and keep working on something. The deadline is down to the second, and you have to meet that deadline. It's, it's really, yeah, the, the, the pressure of it in terms of time is magnificent, honestly. So, Tradio, fun thing to run. So you've got this, you've got this glowing board, you've got this ticking time bomb, and a computer program that shows you what's coming up next. So this computer program, it's kind of like you all just produced your, your, uh, your first podcast, right? We just did that in class. And you had like the different pieces of audio that were kind of layered. You could arrange them in whatever order you want. It was kind of like that, but it ran for the entire day. We had someone whose job it was exclusively at KECO to make sure that everything in the system was arranged in the proper order, that everything would fire at just the right time. It was an absolute clockwork machine of time. And there would be little snippets. They were colored in red, I remember. Little red boxes. And that would be when people were supposed to go on air live and talk for however long they needed to talk. So you had to hit these at just the right time and only run for the set amount of time that you had. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to speak for exactly a minute and 30 seconds. It's easy to speak for eh, around a minute, around two minutes. To hit a minute 30 seconds exactly, you have to be able to bob and weave with your ideas. You have to be able to slow your voice down or speed it up you have to know what that time feels like and the only way to do that is practice and that is why working at a radio station is so valuable if you want to do anything in broadcast because tv broadcast is much the same way it's all about time about being able to hit these time limits about being able to be ready for when the time comes so you'd sit there and sometimes people would call in on the telephone. So you'd have a wholly different button and a slider to bring up the people talking on the telephone. You'd have to turn something else off in order to hear them. It's this constant kind of piano playing on this soundboard that you have to do. Golly, this is making me miss working at the radio station because honestly, this stuff was fun. Now, there are times when things go very, very wrong. One time that happened to me. Um, I was working in my room, the little hot, sweaty carpet room that stank all the time, and next door to me was that Christian station that I mentioned earlier. And one time, I hear over the loudspeaker, the rock's off the air, the rock's off the air. The satellite feed had gone down, and there was nothing playing on the radio. You do not want nothing to be playing on the radio. You have to put something on the radio. Um, otherwise, people are changing the dial they're not hearing advertisements they're not hearing anything they just assume that you're toast you cannot go dead on the radio it's the worst thing to have happen so everyone in that radio station rushes into this tiny little room where we keep this christian station and we're all looking around and and working on it and i'm like ah, should we should we put something should we put some music on because we've got all these cds 
stacked up in lines of white cases along the walls. They're not labeled, which struck me as odd. Uh, they were all in just these plain white cases. And, uh, and they were like, yeah, Daniel, sure, put on, some, put on a CD. I was like, uh, which one? And they're like, any CD. And I'm like, any CD? They're like, yeah, yeah, any CD. So I do. I pick the first one I see. I pop it in the CD player. Music comes on. And everyone breathes a sigh of relief. The rock is back on the air. We have something playing. Eventually the satellite will be back on. Ha! <sighs> and then the singing starts. Happy birthday to you. It's like this creepy children's choir. Happy birthday to you. I turn beet red. Golly, no one in the station is helping me. They're all just laughing their heads off at me. Happy birthday, King Jesus. It was like some type of weird Christmas happy birthday to Jesus song. I don't know, man. Happy birthday to you. And that's when the satellite feed came back on. Radio is fun like that. Funny things happen on the air. Accidents happen. And that's okay. But by and large, the people who work at radio stations, they have this down to a science. They're fine-tuned, and they're very, very good at it. Selling advertisements doesn't come across as a very glamorous job, and certainly not a very media-oriented job, but if you want a job in radio where you get to do a lot of the on-air stuff, but also make good money, being a salesperson is not the worst way to go. I once went out with the salespeople on their job. Uh, what The salesperson I went with, her name was Lindsay, and she was very good at what she did. And what she would do is she would have rounds that she'd go. She would drive around the town to different businesses that she knew needed advertisements, different businesses that she just knew were new to the town, and she'd just go in and talk with them. She wouldn't even start trying to sell them stuff. She would just sit down and talk with them, talk with them about things the business was doing. She'd make friends with them. She'd develop these relationships that would last forever. And when those people would eventually, you know, they would eventually need advertisements, she was there to sell them to them. But it wasn't like she was like a door-to-door -door salesman. She was just there to help when they needed help. These folk would do just about anything for a business. They would help with free advertisements. They'd get them set up with advertisements from other places if they thought other places would be better for what that business needed. They were about helping people achieve their business goals. And that is like the key to salesmanship right there. If you can make them believe the people that you're selling to, that you're there to help them, if you truly are there to help them and not just to make a buck for yourself, they'll turn around and help you later on. So I do recommend, if you have an interest in radio, think about, think about doing some ad work. That could really be worth your time. Being a straight up on-air jo uh, job person is, is really, it's cool, it's interesting. So Brandon was just about the only person who was on-air and then did nothing else. Um, and he would spend most of his day getting in singles from different bands, getting things from different promoters, trying to line up bands to interview in the studio. This was Western Oklahoma, so we had what was called Red Dirt music. It was country music from Western Oklahoma specifically. 
and it wasn't a lot, it was kind of slim pickings, because most of the good country bands go down to Texas instead. They don't tend to stick around in western Oklahoma. But he'd find these guys, and he'd develop relationships with them. He'd go to their concerts, he would sometimes play at them even, he had a little bit of musical talent himself. What I learned at this radio station, regardless of what job you were in, the relationships you built with the people around you were the things that were the most important. There's nothing that you could do alone. You had to make friends with the people in that town. And that's what this radio station did so well, is everyone spent time going to different town events, being there for people when they needed them, building those relationships, meeting people, making sure that they could help them. That was what radio eventually became for me, I realized. And the reason that I didn't stay very long at the radio station, I stayed for just about two years, was I realized that I was going to have to move for college. And they couldn't use me really to accomplish all their goals because they knew I was about to move on. And that means that I wouldn't have the opportunity to develop the types of relationships that made their business work. I would have to be there for... 5, 10, 20. We had someone there 35 years. 35 years had worked there. They knew everyone in the community. The people who they sold ads to wouldn't sell ads to anyone else in that radio station, just to her. That's because she had been there forever, had showed that she was there for them first and for herself second. That type of thing is invaluable. So please take that with you when you're thinking about whether or not you want a career in radio being there for people, being public servants, that's a big part of what all this is. Now, I have to also recommend radio news because, golly, like, that is fun. That is like working for a daily paper, but you have to do it live. You have to read it live on the air. And that's just the adrenaline rush you get from that. Bringing people news at 5 o'clock as they're driving back from work, that is so useful. Again, public service. You're serving the community by bringing them news as they're driving home from work, just for five minutes, what they need to hear. That's how that radio station worked. That's how it served its community, and that's why it was the best-rated radio station in the region. Again, I don't know how many radio stations were out in western Oklahoma, but of the ones that were, it was the best, and I was very proud to work there. So this is where I get on a soapbox for a minute, because in a lot of ways, this is kind of where the internet has started eating away at something that actually is kind of good. So the internet is so national to me, so international even. Like it's a whole world and it covers the whole world and the big things on the internet serve the whole world. So you can have someone like Howard Stern run a radio show that plays all over the place through satellite radio. Everyone everywhere listens to that and they don't get their local stuff as a result. Local radio is having more and more trouble making a profit because people are listening to their music in other ways. So Pandora, you know, that's something that has been installed in tons of cars since 2015. I don't use Pandora anymore, I don't know who still does, but it's something that that is still eating away at what the radio would normally be doing. I haven't talked much about music at this time. People normally associate radio with music, but 
radio is more about community, at least for these local radio stations. It's about the people of the community, the needs, the events, the businesses that are there. It's about supporting the local people driving home from work, letting them know what's going on. You can't get that from a satellite radio station. You're not going to have these local satellite radio stations, but people more and more are turning to them. And I love podcasts, right? But podcasts do this thing too. Podcasts are eating in at radio's dominance. It will be really interesting to see what radio stations look like because more and more of them are being bought up and are just playing whatever's coming through the satellite. They're not playing original content anymore because they can't afford to hire people to make that original content. And I really don't want this to seem too much like a soapbox because I get it, technology moves on and I love new technology. Podcast technology, ugh, I'm all about it. When I left this radio station, I immediately started my own podcast, something that I could run and decide for myself what I wanted it to be. And I ran this podcast for a year, had 68 episodes on it. No, 63. Had 63 episodes on it. Um, something like 20,000 total views. I was really happy with it. And it was a lot of fun. It gave me a chance to keep doing radio in a way. But these things are also coming after the radio jobs. So I know a lot of you are from out of state. And maybe you see like this national bent as a good thing. And that's fine. Now, there's plenty of national radio stations that have jobs, but it's important to remember what a local thing can do, what a local institution can do for the people who live in it. When you think of radio as public service first and then as entertainment second, it really gives you a different perspective on what these types of businesses and what this form of mass media can do. Again, I love my Spotify, I love podcasts, I listen to a lot of internet radio. A lot of these local radio stations are starting to broadcast on the internet just to try to get more audience members. It will be interesting to see if they're able to survive. I hope they are, because I've seen what they can do to help local small businesses, local communities do the things that they do. The internet's going to keep rolling on though, and we're going to see where it's going to go. Podcast creation is one of the most fun things in the universe because unlike when you work at a radio station, you really get to decide what your show is all about if you're running your own podcast. You are in complete and utter control of your content. Coming up with content for a podcast can be hard, but it can also be as simple as what are you into? What do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk to other people about? When I was designing my own podcast, I wanted to talk with authors. At the time, I thought that I wanted to be a writer and wanted to publish books. I wanted to publish sci-fi books and fantasy books and comedy books, all sorts of fun stuff. That was my thing. So my podcast was going to be an interview podcast. Each week, I'd bring in a different guest, prefer preferably, excuse me, preferably a writer, someone who I could talk to about how to get into the writing business someone who could talk to me about how to be a good writer. And that's what I did. I brought in a ton of authors. Turns out when you're making a podcast, when you send people an interview to be on your podcast, no matter how big your podcast is yet, oftentimes they'll just say yes. I was blown away. I sent an email out legitimately to every author that I read when I was young. When I was a teenager, all my favorites, I sent them an email. and basically all of them, I'd say like 80% of the people I sent emails to got back to me and were willing to be on my show. When you ask people to be on your podcast, a lot of them will do it. 
So that's something that's really cool about podcasting too, is it lets you as your own person make your own content and it gives you a sort of avenue to talk about things and talk with people about things that you wouldn't otherwise. This week, you're designing your own podcast episode. Now we're going to talk more in depth about what that means, but I want to give you a lot of freedom with this assignment. Details in the next segment. Not gonna lie, y'all, this week's assignment is ambitious. Last week, you all made kind of a mini podcast episode, a little bit of a music episode. This week, you're gonna use the Anchor episode and throw it into full gear. You will be making your own podcast episode using the Anchor app. There's a couple of different options for how you can approach this project, but each goes through three stages. The first is development, the second is scripting, and the third is the actual recording. In development, you're deciding what you want your podcast to be about and what style of podcast you want to create. So I talked to you a little bit about my interview podcast. So I'd prepare 10 or so questions ahead of time and try to get deep answers and personal stories from my guests. Now, when I put together these episodes, um, like the ones that I'm doing right now, I work more with an outline. I kind of write out some of the things I want to talk about. I post a little of the details that I want to get into. I just use a general outline, and then I talk from my personal experiences in more of a storytelling fashion. That's the, another type of podcast you can do. So you have the interview and the more of the kind of the general outline where you're talking about something that matters to you. Other podcasts are almost like classic radio theater. They're fictional, they're fully scripted, and they have actors playing roles. You can make a podcast using any of these three styles and about any topic. But I'd recommend thinking about two things. First, what can you really do in the time that you have? And second, what are you passionate about? So that's your subject and your style. What do you want to do a podcast about and how do you want to approach it? The second stage is scripting. So here you're taking the idea and you're putting it on paper. This part of the process can be really simple or it can be really complicated depending on your idea. If you want to do something fictional, for instance, you may want to script out exactly what should be said at any given time. But if you're doing an interview with someone for your podcast, you might just want to type out the questions you'll be asking. So that's the second thing. You will need to create a document that will guide you in creating this episode. Third, you actually make the thing. So here's the goal. I want you to successfully execute the stated idea that you have in your script. So that's how I'm going to be judging whether you succeed or not. What were you trying to do in the first place? What did you decide that you wanted to do? Did you succeed? I'll be looking for a minimum runtime of 10 minutes. Your episode needs to be at least 10 minutes long. That's enough time to put together a pretty decent initial podcast episode. If it's an interview, in fact, 10 minutes is a little short. If it's a scripted thing, that's the 10 minutes can be pretty, pretty beefy. But I imagine that for most of you, 10 minutes won't be super hard to hit. I want there to be a verbal introduction and a verbal conclusion, just like we do, we did in the last assignment and just like I do kind of for these episodes. I want you to at some point use music or sound effects in the production. So I showed you last week where those things are. I want you to use some of those in your production. And then I want you to create a fake advertisement to go somewhere in your episode, kind of like that first assignment I was given when I first started in radio. 
These goals are intended to introduce you to some of the core editing skills when it comes to radio. To achieve them, you'll need to do a couple things. You'll probably need to edit a piece of audio to be shorter in length. You can do that by selecting either time start endpoints or edit audio. I showed you how to do it last week, but I'll show you again on our tutorial on Thursday. You want to add background music. You'll want to create multiple pieces of audio using the record function. You'll want to import sound effects or interludes. And then you may want to do a long distance interview. Anchor lets you call people up on the phone. When you go to the record button, there's a invite friends button that you can also hit. When you do that, you can send a text to anyone and they can record with you no matter where you are. I intend to be very available for you all to help you with this assignment. I want to make sure that I'm providing the support you need because this is hard. This is like our first really challenging assignment. But because it's challenging, it's going to be really rewarding for you. And I hope that you take the time, really think about something that you might want to make. Think of this as a pilot episode. What is a podcast that you would actually want to produce during your time here at college? Having your own podcast lets you learn things at your own pace and do things that you are interested in. So please don't look at this as an assignment that you're being given. Look at this as an opportunity to do something maybe that you've always kind of wanted to do. That's how you're going to get the most value out of this. Again, I will go over all of this on Thursday in our tutorial, and I posted all of this basically word for word on D2L for you to look over again. And I am happy to run through and help you develop a podcast in those early stages and give you advice as you're moving forward. If I were you, I would want to do an interview podcast. I feel like those are the easiest in terms of getting your time limit, but they're also really challenging because interviews can be hard. And I'd love to talk more about interviewing Tuesday, uh, Thursday when we go over our tutorial too. So that's what we're looking at for this week. If you want more information about radio, absolutely go look at the textbook. They have a lot of information on the history of it, but I hope I gave you kind of an idea of what it's like to actually be physically in a radio station, working in that type of environment. I also hope that you enjoy this opportunity to create a podcast episode. Podcasting is a hoot. It's a great time, and I hope you all really take the chance and enjoy this this experience. I know a lot of you are saying that you're really bored in the quarantine. Take some time. Infuse this with your boredom. Eliminate your boredom using this assignment if you can. If you need anything, I'm only a text away or an email, and we'll talk to you live on Zoom Thursday. You all take care, and I will talk to you soon.